The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a war? The time has come to introduce you to Enemy Lines. Five, four, three, two, one. I love New York City. The reason I live in New York City is because it's the loudest city on the planet Earth. It's so loud, I never have to listen to any of the shit that's going on in my head. Yankees suck! Yankees suck! Three-run home run for Bucky Dick. Red Sox never let you down. Baratek and A-Rod going at it. How do you like them apples? Yeah, man. I just bought some apples the other day for the first time in a long time. Big bag of Macintosh apples. Just delicious. Uh, but not delicious apples, to be clear. Hey, it's Enemy Lines. This is Dave in Boston. That's Milton, New York. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. It's Hold a on. war! Oh, man. Come on. Go easy on him, guys. What? Yeah, what? That, was, that was for you. New York. Um, uh, you're, still, you're still bitter about the uh, Yankees taking two out of three. In Boston. Oh, in I've, Boston. I've forgotten that nonsense. Still bitter. Early season nonsense. No oh, problem. Yeah. All no, is well. No, we're here. tied. We're tied. I know. And it's um I, we talked about this last time on the pod, but the only thing that's frustrating about it is you almost want to just fast forward to the end of the season. <laughs> like <it> does, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like uh, No, it's a, you know, it's a good point because yeah. our teams are relatively healthy, right? You kind of yeah. want to preserve it mm-hmm. and just move forward. But that's no fun. I mean, we got to have a little more agita yeah. and angst, and there's still a chance we might crush you so with our a overwhelming lineup. What does this remind you of? Any other season in Yankee lore? No, it's funny you say that because if you if you look at the Yankees in a vacuum, um, it reminds me in 1998 where they just had one of those all around teams where they had a stellar lineup, they had depth, they have pitching, they got a little bit of everything. But the problem with that comparison is that the Red Sox weren't good in 98. Right. You know, I don't, they weren't this Well, good. no, we were decent, right? And uh, I'm trying to remember what we even did. In 98, we might not even made the playoffs. 99 was the year we challenged you guys with the um, Nobby missing Offerman, tagging him in that business. Right. Wasn't that right, 99? Right. Yeah, that I think 90. that was 99. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but 98 was the year that we set the record for most wins in a season. I mean, they were that was just an, a superb, superb team. Yeah. But I don't know. This it's not like we can shake you guys. I mean, we we're something like what's our? I think we are. We've won. The Yankees have won something like 21 of their last 25 games. Mm-hmm. So you're 21 and four. You think you're going to be opening up a nice little gap between you and your competition, and instead. We're tied. We should yep. be ten games up. In in ninety eight, I, I stand corrected. The Red Sox did make the wild card, and we oh, lost. they did. I didn't remember this that. Is one of the years we lost to the Indians. I'm trying to remember if it was the. This wasn't the Movan Jose Canseco year, was it? I don't know. So just, how many How many wins did the Sox have in ninety eight? Ninety two. Ninety two. Finished oh. tw- twenty two games behind the Yankees. That's that's uh, ninety two wins, and you finished twenty plus games behind. That's crazy. Right, lost to the That's, Indians. That, yeah. you, you, you ever when you have a t- your team has what is ultimately deemed a shitty season, don't you kind of block it from your memory? Like I, in Game One of the ALDS, uh, let's see, Pedro beat Jared Wright. We won eleven to three, so off to a great start. And then uh, <laughs> Game Two, Tim Wakefield is defeated by Dave Burba. Um, <laughs> the game, immortal game, the immortal Burba, Dave Bur- Burba. Oh man, I, I never I had him on my fantasy team one year. Actually, game three, the Red Sox lost to the only halfway decent pitcher the Indians had during that run when they got good with with Tommy and and Lofton and all those guys. Do you remember who it was? Mm, His initials are sure. C N. He was one of these guys you had on your fantasy team. He kind of usually sucked. Charles Nagy. Charles Nagy. Oh, Nagy. No, he was he was like a guy. He was good yep. for like a handful of years, like legitimately good, and then he was just done. 
Right. And then it, I have no memory of this. I have no, <laughs> game three. We <laughs> lost. We lost four to three. Charles Nagy. Mike Jackson nails down the the save. There's another fancy baseball name. I remember he was like usually the eighth inning guy. Brett Saberhagen takes the loss for the Red Sox. And in game four, uh, the immortal Steve Reed on in relief wins for the Indians. Uh, Nomar hits a home run and the Red Sox lose two to one. Uh, Tom Gordon takes the loss, blown save in the eighth inning. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. That What a forgettable season, as in I totally forgot about it until just now. Now, I remember the Yankees playing the Indians and beating them. We we crushed that postseason. I mean, I think we lost yeah. a couple games to the Indians, but we beat the Rangers, the Indians, and the Padres, and they they won something like 125 games. I mean, that was just a great year. And and so for me to be even mentioning the 98 Yankees in the same breath as this team is scary. a little scary and a little premature. And, yes. and I'm dooming myself to typical angsty New York pain to come. But for mm-hmm. now... Mm-hmm. It looks it looks good. It looks and now look. It, what's interesting is that since we taped last week, mm-hmm. just a bit of a recap. We're only yeah. four, the Yankees are only four and three because we lost the last game of the series to you. Mm-hmm. We then um, we had a rain out in Washington, which was a little bit annoying because I, I don't know to be able to win a couple games there would have been great. But we played the A's and uh, and the Royals and lost one game to each of those guys. So I think we're only four and three since our last. Um, Actually, does that make sense? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I but mean, anyway. Uh, well, it just seems like we've been in a virtual tie for like an entire week now, something like that. Right. right. Um, and you guys, you guys are seven and four since we last spoke, which is solid. But, and that's the thing, we're tied in the standings, but we've played a lot fewer games than you. So technically, the Yankees are up two in the loss column, which is always stupid. This thing about the loss column. I was just I mean, going to bring it. that up. I mean, no, it, it. Okay, so you're not a loss column guy. I had this. I had this friend Doug who was like, "Why do they always talk about the loss column? I want to talk about the win column. We're up by one in the win column." <laughs> and I have an answer, but do, what do, you're perplexed by this as well. Well, I or think the it? answer is basically you assume a good team is going to win more games than they lose. That's so it. yeah, you, when you're when you're up in the loss column, that means you have more games ahead that you're going to win than you're going to lose. Yeah, but if, as you know, baseball doesn't work that way. But I mean, well, it but it's should. just a good way of sort of keeping track of how your team is doing, which is what you want to do. Like you can say, hey, we're we're, you know, two games up, but if you're only one game up in the loss column, that's that's an important distinction. If if you're going for the worst record in baseball, that and you want the <laughs> you then you can talk about win column. But you you we're know going for since it. you win the, these teams are good. They win two out of three times. Yeah. You yeah. can't you can't yeah. make up a, a loss. If you lose, it's it, it well, this isn't exactly accurate, but it's 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 sort of a, a permanent blot on your record. Whereas you know, if you you can make it up, if, if if you can catch the other team by winning your next game, then then there you go. That's why it's a lost column thing, right? You got that? I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, crickets are too. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. but still, okay. you know, effectively tied. This is, I mean, man. These are two good teams. It, somebody asked, my son, who's not a massive baseball fan, said, aren't you annoyed they're in the same division as you are? Mm-hmm. And I I guess I kind of am on like the, I want to just, you know, get into the playoffs, avoid a wild card game kind of thing. But the fact that it's the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry, you want it as close as possible. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just, it, listen, it could be exciting, but it's just... I don't know. I, I, we talk about this all the time. I go back and forth on the wild card thing because if it comes, if it if the pattern holds and the Red Sox and Yanks are battling for the division, that means something because you don't have to play that stupid one game playoff. But then it's like, let's say it comes down to the last season, they're fight, 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 and then the team that loses doesn't really lose. They just got to win this other game. So there's something sort of weird about it. You know what I mean? What up, gangsters? From pod617.com, it's Shawshanked, the podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. Nick Stevens. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. Matty Blake. Come on, do it. Kill me. It's Georgie Kip. This movie has everything. Kiss masks. Lee Trevino. Shawshanked. Movies that you get Shawshanked by. Shawshanked. I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshanked. Make sure to check for new episodes of Shawshanked regularly at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Dave, Dave, I've got breaking news. <laughs> yep. My dog just farted something awful. 
I mean, just <laughs> deadly. I don't have a fart sound effect. So Chauncey, uh, Chauncey turned 10 earlier this year, and he's a big dog. And he's starting to emit fat. I mean, just a foulness. That, what, they get know, smellier as they get older? I don't know. I don't know, but this is just... Chauncey, what's wrong, dude? <laughs> He's looking. He's looking at me. He's got that look in his face. Like, what? What do you want from me? Oh man, I'm in like Fewer a farts. enclosed room here, so there's no air. This is going to be a problem. I'm distracted now. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. So, holy cow! So, did you see? Um, did this just happen, or did it happen earlier? And I just missed it. There's this. There's this uh, gif going around of one of your infielders throwing the ball back to your pitcher and him getting beamed because he wasn't looking for the ball. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. no, what was that? Did All I right. not see this? Yeah, um, I'll see if I can find it here. Um, Wait, that this just happened this week? I think, I think, um, it was. Uh, I don't know. There's a video. It's very short. There was no sound on it, and you see the inf- <laughs> you see the infielder um, throw the throw throw the ball. And then you you see him immediately mouth the words like "Oh, heads up, heads up, heads up!" And then you see the Yankee pitcher just just balls coming from a direction he's not looking at all, and it just hits him right on the head. And he and he. No, he I have not seen this. Oh, okay, well, head, send it my way. I, I will. I'll just find it. Trying to it. take us down as usual. I'll find it. Um, but can I can I ask you yeah. a baseball question that's though? A, that's an omen, by the way. Yes, you what, may what, ask me a baseball question. J.D. Martinez, just dingers. Yes. What the? What is? Sorry, that was what me is, trying to find the uh, thing. Go ahead. Oh, that was you. That was that ding. So you've yeah. got two guys now with 15 home runs each, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you saw the stat at the All Star break last year. You had one player with 15 home runs. Yeah, we like at the All Star break. Right. Betts had 15 at the All Star break last year. Now you have Betts and Martinez. Still looking for this. That's why you hear the beeping. Sorry. Yeah. No, Go ahead. Yeah. May 21st, you have. Two guys with 15 home runs each. That's what this is. Um, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I was mocking you for your complete lack of power, right? That yeah. was that was the Red Sox, the Red Sox weakness. Mm-hmm. And now you're out slugging Judge and Stanton. Mm-hmm. What, is this legit? That's me sending you the link, by the way. Uh, oh, really? So, um, yeah. Um, I did what I had to do. I drove over a big load of vitamins to the Red Sox. Didn't tell them what it was. Just said, guys, just trust me. Take this. Oh, man. And, um, roids. Yeah. So, Actually, that's a good segue. Did you hear about what happened with um, Mark Teixeira and Robinson Cano this week in New York? I did not. So, you know, uh, Cano got um, busted. Oh, for, yeah. No, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so, you know, and he's pretty much... If you actually look back on the last 20 years, he might be the best second baseman of this generation. I don't actually, I'm not even sure it's close. He probably is. Robbie Cano. Don't you know? I don't you know? Oh, that's another Sterling. Brilliant. Actually, I like that one. But but anyway, Mark Teixeira was on uh, ESPN radio and uh, Michael Kay asked him, you know, if he had any suspicions about this. And usually, you know, the ex-player is always like, no, you know, it's a... You never. Oh yeah, I saw this, and he said, "Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, right?" Like, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. And <laughs> you could hear in Kay's voice, he was like, uh, "Wait, really? what do you mean by that?" <laughs> yeah, and he was, he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't really want to go into too many details, right, but right. just um, suffice to say, uh, it didn't surprise me." Yeah. Which is kind of him saying, "Oh yeah, I knew it. He was doing it all along." Yeah, which was, you don't hear that. No, you don't. I agree. That's kind of and crazy. So debate's been going on. Is that? Is that right or wrong? Now, obviously, let put the taking steroids thing aside. This reminds me is of the when I... an asshole, or is he doing the right thing? The, um, before I answer that question, this reminds me of when I went to Las Vegas a few years back with a bunch of guys, and just in conversation, it came up like, "Yeah, you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas." That whole credo, and one of my friends was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I tell my wife everything." We were like, "What?" <laughs> We're like, but not well, about our uh, trip. Uh, not about our trip. He goes, yeah, told her everything. And we're like, what? Like what? Like like like, you don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. One of my buddies said, this is like when the when the rabbi takes you to the altar, like for your bar mitzvah, and says those little secret like words to you that no one else can hear. That's the kind of stuff he's telling you. 
dude, don't ever, you know, rat on your friends. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Anyway, so that's like the code that Teixeira apparently broke. Like, broke I, like I, yeah, don't you code. think? Yeah. Well, and it, my question is... It's like a wrestler, well, somebody, like a wrestler saying wrestling's good fake. Good yeah. He's... Um, Right now, he's not a member of the New York Yankees. He is a he is paid by ESPN to be an analyst, right? Right. So is he doing he's technically doing his current job by telling the truth about I think what happened. I, he's an analyst. Maybe I haven't thought this through, but I, I, I think that's good. I think it's I think it's great. Cause cause I mean, for years, you know, you got all these journalists who didn't spot the steroids. Then all of a sudden they did. Now they're all on their freaking high horse. And but yet there's this still maybe this culture of shh, you know, no, we don't talk about that, you know. Well, and it's also, I mean, I hate to say it, it's baseball. You know, this is not yeah. this is not did you issue the code red? You know, this is not you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Yeah. You know, this is mm-hmm. it's baseball, guys. Lighten up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's if a game. something happened, right. it's not if you're breaking the team code. Right. What what I mean? He's already been busted for steroid use. He's he's suspended. Right. So why is this such a breach of protocol? You know what I mean? It's yeah. Fact. Well, but but let me ask you this: Should it affect his Hall of Fame candidacy? Which apparently I haven't looked at his stats. Someone said that he would have been a no-brainer. Is that? Oh, like I said, yeah, he's the best of his generation. Probably the best second baseman of his generation. He's okay. a Hall of Famer. He might not be first ballot, but he's a Hall of Famer now. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not, you know, I. So why is that? Because, okay, see, to me, it shouldn't affect. This is a bold statement. Bold statement coming up. Ready? Um, Thank you. It shouldn't affect at all. And the reason why is because if he was doing steroids before, he shouldn't have been on the field because MLB should have punished him. If if he had gotten through like a third of his career and, and then this suspension hit, well, it keeps him off the field for a long time. He's not able to amass stats. He's being penalized for what he did, and his legacy is penalized because he's not on the field. Uh, that's the way I think you fix this. It's the only way I can think of to fix the steroid thing is you, it, it's Major League Baseball's fault that they let guys like Canseco, not Canseco, McGuire, Sosa, Palmero, whomever, and if they were still there on the field, like it's like, you know, if you're um, – it's probably a, a twisted analogy, but if you're if you're if you drive 90 miles an hour and you make it home, then that's it. You don't get busted for that. Like no one comes back and says, "Well, you you speed you sped on this day, so you must have been speeding all month." So I'm going to write you 30 tickets. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, I mean Maybe you're not. you're trying to make it cleaner than it is, right? But first of all, in regards to Cano, most of his career took place after the steroid um, revelations began. So this is not somebody like McGuire who, you know, no, they really weren't checking. They've been doing testing for a long time and he didn't get busted for steroid use. He got busted for a masking agent, which. Who are we talking is, about now? Cano. Cano. Oh, he got, he got busted for a masking agent. Yeah. Which okay. indicates obviously, and it's, it's the masking agent that's most renowned for that's, hiding steroid. Yeah. Usage. That's what Manny got busted for. Manny got right. busted for like some, female hormone thing everyone <laughs> sort of laughed and it's like oh no it's a masking agent yeah at the same time with the hall of fame I, you know i get it there's going to be inequity because you're not going to catch guys who are who are who have been taking it so at the same time i mean i suppose he got busted yeah. for cheating right so right? i suppose that in and of itself is a is a blot if you ever cheat and got busted it's it's a it's a blot i suppose like i mean the Again, bad analogy, but like they kicked OJ out of the Hall of Fame, I assume, didn't they? They did. They just kicked like uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby. They they removed his Kennedy Center honor. <laughs> that was a. I'm sure that was a big blow. Yeah, huge blow. Yeah, and some of this ex post facto thing, I I don't love because taken to an extreme, you could go like the Red Sox. I forget if they already did it. Yeah, I think they did it. They they changed the name of Yaki Way um, because Tom. Yaki was a notorious racist. racist bigot and probably a bad guy. But it's kind of like, well, like, was he 100% a racist? Was he 60% a racist? And I'm, I'm not defending him. I think the guy was, was most likely a, a terrible guy who only gave a cursory look to Jackie Robinson and probably um, had the biggest hand in dooming the franchise for 86 years um, without a title. But 
Yeah, all this stuff like going back. Eh, let's go back and see. He wasn't such a nice guy. Like, why? Why is Ty Cobb still in the uh, Hall of Fame? He was. Wow. He's Look, a racist. History influences history. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but you learn things over the course of time that change the color of the person that you previously worshipped. Mm-hmm. Steroid use is definitely one of those things. And I'm sure there are guys who were using enhancements in the 70s and 80s that we're never going to learn about, and it's not going to change much. You know, if somebody writes a book where we find out that, you know, Carlton Fisk, you know, was taking uppers on a half-hour basis, you know, well, that wasn't illegal in the game, but that doesn't that's probably not going to change your coloration of him. However, if you found out that a guy was a blatant racist who kept, you know, the uh, fate of African-American players down in his organization for decades, I think as a human being, you have a right to change your opinion yeah. of that, you know, and I think that's the same to some extent with a guy like Cano. I mean, I loved Robbie Cano, loved him. I was bummed when the Yankees let him go. Yeah. Although, you know, the contract was so huge. But now that I know he's been roiding up, I, I don't think he deserves my respect at the same level. And I sure as hell, I think it was Justin Verlander did a tweet the other day sort of coming after it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm if I'm truly a guy who's on the mound or a guy who's – held back from playing second base for the Mariners because Cano is sitting there and I'm clean. Mm-hmm. That's going to piss me off. I played the game right. You didn't. You don't deserve to be considered a Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, now, I, I get it. I get it. It's but so many of the great players world were... judgment here. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't kick you out of Dave's Hall of Fame because you've always been so derisive to short people and fat people. You know, I accept it. <laughs> You know, I, I think that's okay. I am both yeah. short and fat. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, why that's what it's like. It's like you're a closeted short fat person, so that's why. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm yeah. not really short. You'd look at me and you wouldn't think he's short, but actually, are you average you know, height? I'm, I'm, Do you know I'm what five average height is? Ten. Yeah. I guess that's average, right? Yeah. But, Wait, that day when you ran, thin, that day but I'm in college, quite fat now. The, the day in college when you ran around the fraternity house saying. Uh, I'm average. I'm average. That was about that was about height, or was that about something else? Oh no, that was um, that was uh, based on genital size. Woo-hoo! There you go. Nice, nice job. And by the way, it was above average. But let me be clear. Woo-hoo! I mean, really, like if average at the numbers there, I'm just literally right above. I mean, we're not we're not talking the massive. If, if you look here. up the average uh, length, actually, is I think Alexa knows this. Alexa, are you with me? Alexa, what's the average penis size? Speak up. Here's what I found on Wikipedia. While results vary slightly across reputable studies, the consensus is that the mean human penis, when erect, is in the range 12.9 to 15 centimeters, 5.1 to 5.9 inches, in length with a 95% confidence interval of 10.7 centimeters. Wait, this actually answering this yeah. question with, with a very studious voice. I'm impressed. She's still going. <laughs> that is, it is 95% certain that the true mean is at least 10.7 centimeters, but not more than 19.1 No, please, centimeters. go on. Okay, okay, that's enough. I'm sticking with my I don't above average rem- claim, I, but there was really, too much I mean, info there. Again, I know what you, said. you really just need to be just over that line. Sorry. So, right. you know, all right, Alexa, it's all good. Stop. Shush. Okay. Um, that, you know, on that note, maybe we should uh, go to a break here. <laughs> <laughs> we should what step away. The size of uh, Robinson Cano's uh, um, manhood. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I do think that is relevant to his uh, Hall of Fame candidacy. I mean, they should have a separate Hall of uh, Fame. They should have a wing. It'd have to be a really big wing. What would the busts look like? Oh, my God. The oh possibilities are endless. We've gone off the rails. By the way, Enemy, the Enemy Lines, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Enemy Lines where you find where you find your podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Say something nice about us. And, of course, you can always find us at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. You can tweet at us, by the way, at pod617. And show up at Milt's house, but beware of dog farts. He just did it again. Oh, boy. Enemy lines.
Hi, I'm Jami DePerel. You may remember me from, well, I guess a lot of things on Boston Radio, but I am in the podcast biz now. I'm hoping you can tune into my new show called The Meter is Running. New episodes posted regularly on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. And you know what? Lucky me, I get a co-host. I'm working with my good friend Shira Springer of the Boston Globe and WBUR. Well, John, it is great to be here. There are a lot of stories we don't get to tell in print and radio, and now we can do that here. And you know what, Shira? Consider yourself charming. Yes, indeed. Our <laughs> guests will include some real big shots in sports, politics, business. You name it, we have it. We'll also have a lot of fun along the way. Make sure to check for the latest episode on pod617.com. Listen up, Boston, and listen to The Meter is Running on the Boston Podcast Network. Yeah. Nice jamming on the uh, guitar there, Milt. That sounded good. Enemy Lines. Mm. Here we are. Dave in New York. Dave <laughs> Milt in New York. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I suck. What else can Leave I do? Wait, hold on. Yeah. We'll bring you on the team. Anytime you want to switch, we're ready for you. Never. 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 Uh, this is the Enemy Lines show, the New York Boston podcast. I hope you can hear the angst in our voice. And we are up to one of our favorite segments of uh, enemy lines, media lines, or media notes, or stuff in the media that we think you should be listening to. Right, Milt? Enemy notes. Enemy notes. Sticking with enemy notes. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, nah, we got, we'll get a better name. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll, whatever. We'll come up with that. When we work out the sponsorship with, uh, no, I mean Walmart. the big the, the 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 gist of this segment is that you know while we are uh, bitter enemies on the playing field, we uh, you and I actually find um, fairly common ground with our media consumption, sure. and we figured we would uh, because we like each other's tastes, we thought we'd share a few uh, suggestions for the yes. coming week. Right? Is that fair? I think that's now, quite this fair. one. I'm I, I'm a. Uh, if you, breaking... pick, if you pick mine, I'm going to be very upset, by the way. Maybe we should have discussed before. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, but I like the surprise element, okay. but maybe not. So um, I'm breaking pod 617 etiquette. I'm going to be recommending listening to another podcast. Are you okay with we, that, David? We celebrate all podcasts of all types in pod we trust. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. Now, this one in particular I'm choosing because I think you are particularly made for this podcast. Because if you'll recall, David and I uh, went to college together and found – are very early common ground in a fascination with um, not just uh, rock and roll music, but the, the charts, the pop charts, the Casey oh, Kasems, yeah. all of these things. I mean, I recall an early uh, trivia showdown where we tried to outmaneuver each other and what we knew about which song spent the most weeks at number two without <laughs> ever reaching number one. Do you yeah. remember, do you remember what that answer was? Yeah. Don't, don't say it yet. Let's, let's, um, use that as a teaser. See if our viewers can come up. Uh, well, I, with I don't know if that's the answer still, but it was back in 87 or so when we were playing that game, but who knows? Yeah. But anyway, um, on Slate, slate.com has a huge list of podcasts, but one of them I just discovered, it launched last year, but it is called Hit Parade. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this? I have not. Okay, have not. Dave, Do tell. you're going to want to stop what you're doing and you're mm-hmm. going to go back and listen almost to the whole thing. I've been trying to catch up on all of them. It's a monthly podcast that basically focuses on pop chart Hold on, wait. history. Wait, I must be in love because I hear music. Do you, rec- <laughs> do you recognize this Oh, song? there's your teaser right there. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Do I remember are, correctly? By the way, yes. Waiting for a Girl Like You by Foreigner was, uh, the... I think, number two for like 10 weeks or something. Yes. Got jammed. Never the... got up to that number one spot. Well the, done. The honey-like voice of Lou Graham. Lou Graham? Lou Graham? What's his name? Lou Is Graham. Name? Lou okay. Graham. Very okay. good. Okay. All right. But I'm sorry. Say no, it, say it no again. Words. The name of your uh, this pod is? It's called, it's called Hit Parade. Hit Parade. Okay. And what, but what he does, it's, it's a monthly thing, and he takes a given theme that he actually writes a regular column on Slate that says something. I think the column's name is like, why is this number one? And anytime a song hits number one, on the pop charts mm-hmm. he dissects it and talks about it now with current music it's a little bit hard to keep up with these days but he the podcast itself is more historical mm-hmm. so he does episodes for example he did one 
about the eerie similarities in the history of Tom Petty and Prince mm. using the fact that they played together on uh, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony where Prince delivered a searing guitar solo mm. playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps. They ju- I just listened Wait, to Wait, hold on. I, from- you, you, uh, that's, um, you're talking about the Prince guitar yeah. solo? Yeah, and the Harrison tribute. Uh, yeah, yeah they possibly sh- the greatest guitar solo you'll find on YouTube. Yeah, they, they show that at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know the last time you were there, but there's this exhibit where you go into a theater and it, and then it's a huge movie screen, sort of meant to make you feel like you're watching these performances. And it's really just footage from all the celebrations of the Hall of Fame inductions, but they close with the Prince one. And I had forgotten how epic it was. Like, it, you watch that and you're like, I will never be as good at anything as... <laughs> I don't think anyone will ever be as good at anything as he is was uh on the guitar yeah it's definitely it's definitely the best of the all-star jams they've ever had at the yeah. rock and roll hall of fame and it's great because there's this moment where he's slow and tom petty is sitting there you know he's playing rhythm guitar and, and lead vocals and he looks at prince in the middle of his solo and starts shaking his head like no yeah and prince just looks back with him in the smirk nodding yep i got <laughs> this it's all me um, it's, uh, it's also, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't repeat one of the greatest quotes of rock and roll history is when Clapton was asked how it, well, years ago, Clapton was asked how it feels to be the greatest living guitarist. He said, I don't know. You have to ask Prince. That, was great. that has been debunked, actually. Oh, well, I like it. I like it. I, I know. I know. You, uh, similar like, things have like been the said Ricky about Henderson, almost everybody. It's like the Ricky right. Henderson, John Olrud uh, quote. That's, <laughs> that apparently never happened. I don't care. It's still funny. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Take it and use it. But one of the things I particularly liked, I just listened to an episode of this podcast that talked about the history of the all-star music uh, recordings, mm-hmm. the Do They Know It's Christmas, We Are the World. Oh, yeah. And it digs deep into each of those recordings and also talks about things like, do you remember that about a year later, there was like a, a heavy metal all-star recording that came out as a response to We Are the World? Do you remember this? Weren't they called Hearing Aid? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. And the song was, was it called any good? Um, I don't know. Uh, "Stars," and okay. it was terrible. It was <laughs> terrible. And they talked about there was a Canadian version. Oh man, that was awful with Betty Lee and yeah, and uh, the Mackenzie brothers were they in there? <laughs> Maybe not. They, they were. Oh, they I were. They okay. were. They might have yeah. been like you know how Dan Aykroyd is in the background of "We Are the World." Yeah, I think they may have been at the Canadian one. I don't know. Right. But, Right. Um, this guy. He, yeah. Well, he's well hold on. Sp- Before you leave that topic, it, we could do yeah. a whole show on that, on all the uh, the compilations. Um, oh, because it became such a thing, right? Um, and then stopped. Yeah. And he talks about that. There, there was. A, I mean, there, there was, was a farm aid, point. and this is um, here in aid stars. It uh, it kicks off. You found it. This is the, yes. This is apparently the only remaining recording because it's kind of scratchy. But that was Ronnie James Dio doing a little tender bit at the beginning Name he is... actually he was the reason he was the founder of here and aid he was the one that said how okay. come there are no heavy metal musicians and we are the world it was yep. like, what? Did, he, did he die in a plane <laughs> crash or vomit it was one of the two all right you want to hear um dave meninketti that's his voice of course from y and t we can't forget him this is rob halford the beast from judas priest turned out to be a gay guy nothing wrong with that right no all right see if you can guess any of these voices right and then we'll get rid of Oh, this is one of the guys who's already... It's not that bad a tune, is it? Oh, you recognize that it's, voice? It's pretty bad. That was, was that... Uh, that was the... Go ahead, guess. Talking? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, whatever, you missed him. <laughs> We're stars. Missed one of those voices was the late Kevin Dubrow, of course, from uh, Quiet Riot. He passed away? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Years ago, um, Eric Bloom from Blue Oyster Cult, Paul Shortino from Rough Cut with two T's. And, never heard uh, of it. I'll give you two more names Jeff Tate from Queensryche. I mean, they're at least a legit band. Yeah. It's so funny. They're all men and they're all have horrible hair. That, of course, is Don Dockin from Dockin. Okay, enough of that. The la- it's funny you bring that up because the last episode of Hit Parade was about Bon Jovi mm-hmm. and how. The host of the podcast absolutely hates Bon Jovi, hates them. How dare and, he? And, right. And so 
as they're being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he spends an hour dissecting Bon Jovi and realizing from a chart perspective and in a weird way from an influence perspective, Bon Jovi might actually deserve, even though you may not love their music, that you have to respect their influence on rock and roll. He's clearly a Def Leppard guy. He said, if Def Leppard hadn't run into a string of bad luck, you know, Mm-hmm. losing their drummer's arm and all this shit. Def Leppard would be the Bon Jovi of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But instead, we got Johnny Boy. Well, but but you will. Oh, you, Def honestly, is David, not... you have an hour in a car. You will devour this podcast. You will love it. I so, love it. It feels like it was made for me. I'm dumb and uh, I wasn't okay. listening the whole way through. E- each each episode is what uh, is a song, is a band, is a no. Or... He, it's a there's a theme and okay. it, it's it's based on uh, whatever it might be. So again, you know, Petty and Prince died within a, a short period of time of each other. He did an episode about how oddly intertwined their okay. careers were. He did an episode just about, like I said, the charity mega signal. He mm-hmm. did an episode on um, the week the Beatles owned like the top four spots on the on the Billboard singles chart. He does it. He just finds interesting themes. And again, with Bon Jovi being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that was the theme he did from the last episode. I'm not exactly sure what's coming up, but okay. knowing your history, your 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 love of uh, of this kind of looking back at chart stuff you'll you'll eat it up he's a little scripted he's not as off the cuff it's one of those very scripted um podcasts but once he starts playing the clips of the music and you kind of go back in time it's great you'll Mm -hmm. love it highly recommended all right hit parade find it on i guess find it on itunes or wherever right yeah slate slate has their podcasts everywhere so it's called hit parade or look on slate.com we like it good good selection Thank you. Will, Thank you. Um, what do you got for us? So I've got um, a Netflix documentary series that, for all I know, it's been on there for a while. We talk about this on Netflix, just kind of um, pops up with stuff and doesn't necessarily promote it, probably because they've got so much goddamn stuff. But So this is a doc called Evil Genius. Have you heard of this? Oh, you know, I, I thought you were going to choose a different documentary, which I just started. Evil Genius, I think, just... I may be wrong, but I think it just showed up on Netflix. So you might be early on this. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's Could you um, say that just one more time? Me? Yeah. It's Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's about the, this. Uh, as many of these are, it you know, retrospective of a, a famous crime. This was called the like the pizza man murder or something yeah 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 yeah. there's about a pizza guy right so the so erie pennsylvania the so this this is spoiler free i will suggest but i'm going to describe to you the premise of the doc and i haven't even finished the doc so i don't even know what happens or sort of who's guilty or whatever but the premise of the doc is there one day there's a bank robbery and there's a dude a creepy looking dude who's got what appears to be a weird cane He's holding a cane, which it's no secret. It turns out to be a gun, um, which he never fires. But he goes in and he robs the bank and he takes off. But he's got this weird apparatus, like immediately sort of under his neck, chin area, like a big boxy thing under his shirt. And he's got something written on the T-shirt. The whole thing is creepy. And you see the surveillance footage. So the the cops uh, nab him. And next thing you know, cut to him seated like on the ground near a highway, like in a totally wide open area, cop cars surrounding, and the dude is sitting there, cuffed. He's got handcuffs behind his back. He's seated sort of uh, Indian style. And he's talking and he's saying, you need to help me. You need to take, at least take the cuffs off. You need to get this thing off me. I don't have much more time. And they're like, well, what do you mean? So it turns out there's a bomb attached around his neck, okay? And there's footage of all this. And it's creeping me out. And like, as... You know, I'm saying to myself, well, it's not the bomb's not gonna really go off, is it? It's not gonna go off. <laughs> like and it's and it's chilling to see this guy. And he's not hysterical, he's relatively calm, but he's saying, I don't have much more time. And you hear it's almost like it was it was like you would expect from a movie. You hear the beep beep the beeping around his neck is intensifying. And this is the premise of it. I'm not this is not spoiler free premise of the bomb goes off and the dude dies right there. Um Wow. And Do so, they show you that in the first episode? Yeah, it's it's they handle it so it's uh, you don't lose your lunch. Like it's it's kind of shot from a distance, a little bit grainy, and it's not like his head blows up, blows completely apart. Like um, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's friend in in um, the Running Man <laughs> with the explosive <laughs> collar thing. I think that was the Running Man. Uh, and um, so, but he he and, and he kind of lives for a couple minutes, and then paramedics get there, and so, but so that's the opening. So then the question becomes. Why did he do it? Did, was he doing it at? So obviously, you don't rob a bank by yourself and put a bomb around your neck just for shits and giggles, right? Um, and um, then uh, this other cast of characters sort of emerges and it goes from there. I won't give away anything else, but Evil Genius, I'm still only like, I think it's all told four episodes. I think I just finished three. And yeah, it's, it's, a it's sure, just it's a another short great one. one. For yeah, sure. And so it's a good, but you'll, you know, as with many of these Netflix. Docs, you know, making a murder. It's not quite up to the quality of making a murderer, but it's it's up there. It's um, so I recommend that. Evil Genius. You know, again, and I know we've talked about this in the past. You know, the the volume of Netflix stuff. You know, it's it's funny because I'm watching I'm watching another Netflix documentary, which happens to be excellent. Also, it's called Wild Wild Country. But oh. the and we'll talk about that maybe another episode. I haven't finished it yet either. But the the weirdest thing was. Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago did a sketch about Wild Wild Country oh. and nobody's watching it. So they, That's... You know, because Netflix is so huge, people can't, it hasn't like penetrated mm-hmm. pop culture yet. And here's Saturday Night Live doing a sketch. Both of, I saw the Saturday Night Live sketch before I saw the documentary and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking well, about? Well, that's, I must have, you know what? I didn't even, I probably saw the SNL sketch and didn't, even though I still don't, I'm hearing about this for the first time. So that is, it's a thing about, if you remember the sketch, it's a, it's about a cult and Mm -hmm. they sort of show Kenan Thompson at one point being like, yeah, and I loved it because I had sex with lots of women. Yes. I Um, did see that. Yeah. That you were probably okay. Like, yeah. What does this mean? Yeah, it's you know what? I thought Netflix it. Documentary, okay, right. I thought it was just a general spoof of like uh, almost like Scientology type cult thing. Nope, I did not know it was a real about wow. this um, huh. wild, wild country, which is amazing, also. But I'm going to finish that and then I'll bounce over to this evil genius thing because okay. that sounds great. Yeah, it's a good take. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's weird. Yeah, that, that reminds me of when SNL did the Christmas spoof on Serial, the podcast, which was brilliant. It, uh, do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. They had um, what's her name? Um, Cecily Strong. Cecily Strong. Do she? By the way, we always talk about unsung cast yep. members. Yep. It she continues. might. She might actually be the the best actress on that whole show. They yep. put her in everything. Yep. But she's not. The funniest person in anything. I right, I agree, and yeah, it it continues because Kate McKinnon is the one who's ultimately going to cash in and already is with this huge career, and I think yeah, Kate McKinnon's the oh, focal point. Right, I think star, she's right? okay, but I think she. How many? Do we really need to see her as Jeff Sessions again, or oh, now Rudy, it's Giuliani, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani this week? Does that even make you laugh? It did at first, and yeah. now it's almost becoming ridiculous. Like, obviously, she's good at what she does, but spread the wealth a little here, yeah. people. Come on. And you know what? It's it's almost, is the whole Trump and the cast of characters thing still doing it for you? Like, this last one, it seems like they shoot high and they have great ideas, but then there's something sort of like enough already about it. Like, they did a couple weeks ago, they did, uh, you know, Ben Stiller and De Niro as Mueller and... Cohen with the lie detector, you know, the same, the complete parallel scene from Meet the Parents, which in in general is like when someone came up with the idea, they're like, that's a great idea. Imagine if we get Stiller and De Niro. But was it that funny, really? Like after the novelty well, uh, war? Did you see this week's? Yeah, they did. did. Same deal. The Sopranos yeah, thing, right. And, same, and, and no, it's... it's um, landed flat, didn't it? It's stale. Yeah. It's stale. It's almost like, you know, they know they're going to do a political bit on the cold open and then somebody just yep. says okay what can we do that's kind of clever and then they jam the guest stars into it and it look it was it hit its peak at melissa mccarthy as sean spicer yeah. right that was the that, that was peak celebrity that was inspired cameo. that was inspired Absolutely. and the and the first few baldwin ones were pretty inspired too oh without without question yeah but you know he set the tone and Melissa McCarthy brought it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Since then, I mean, I like Ben Stiller. I like 
Robert De Niro. I mean, I don't have any problems with it, but they're not bringing anything new to this story at all. Right. right. Agreed. So what's what's the point? I have to now I do look forward to hoping that every cold opening sketch is going to be one of those zeitgeist spread all over the Internet. Holy cow. You have to see this moment. Right. None of them have been for the last three months this year. Yeah, I agree. And I guess we should have seen this coming. It, it, it's a phenomenon that, you know, the whole joke was, well, Trump's president. Comedy writers are, are going to have a complete field day. And they have, but like, it's like getting, you know, you can go out and have a good time and get drunk, but if you drink too much, then all of a sudden you're not having as much a good time and you get sick. And that's what it feels like. It's been shoved down our throats. Colbert used to be my favorite late night guy and I still like him, but every monologue is 100% Trump. Everyone, everyone. And they're they're losing a little creative fire. It's to the point now that I realize my favorite sketches every week are going to be after midnight. Yeah, Not before me. Yeah, when they get a little creative, or they do something that's just, right, just on a subject yes. that is yes. just funny that somebody just finds funny. You know, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. it's a weird thing. I do uh, love Cecily Strong though. Yeah, I kind of. I just I'm no, kind she's of great, and it's a, <laughs> in the same way. No, no, we used Dave, to say I'm in love with her. Really? Okay. Mm. Obsessed much? Um, so. You know, she. It's. It's. You know, in those sketches, it's all. Um, some, for me, it's like the subtleties. It's like the little looks to the camera, you know, the little eye rolls and things like that, especially with the pre-recorded like movies and stuff. And I, you and I used to agree. Vanessa Bear used to be so good at that. She she just That's would right. she would play whatever little. She was always spot on with the joke. And Kate McKinnon is just a little broad for me, like a little loud, like a little too showy. Like here, I I do like um, the the late night bar fly that she plays um yeah she and, does that sometimes with kate mckinnon too right no that's she no i'm talking about i'm talking about kate mckinnon i'm saying this is oh, the one thing oh, oh oh i thought you meant cecily Strong, no because she she does that no too. cecily is all aces but kate mckinnon does the late night bar flight thing and she like you know was nuzzling up to amy schumer in the last one that oh, was pretty right. funny that's right right that and that Keenan Thompson funny. Just i like that yeah agree okay we agree on by the way just I agree really quick go ahead yeah. vanessa bayer note there's a there's a Netflix show called uh, Love. Have you ever seen it? It's like a sitcom. Yeah. Stars. Um, in the last season, Vanessa Bayer is in an episode oh, of okay. it, yeah. and she plays it kind of straight, mm-hmm. and she's kind of excellent. Okay. Yeah. Season we- three. Just look up the episode which she's in. I will. Yeah, that's Judd Apatow, right? I watched the first yeah. couple, and it was getting a little too. It was like reminding me of like reality bites or singles or that sort of thing. It was just oh little, yeah 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 for sure. The third season's but... actually pretty good. They started to go the way of like Master of None, where they do single theme episodes sometimes, and it oh. helps break up the oh, flow yeah. of the show and it works. So how I great? Like it. How great was? You know, um, I'm, I'm no genius for saying this. How great was the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None? Oh, you know what I'm talking that, about that that show. That blows me away every yeah. time they do one of those. And that one in particular was great, great, great TV. And and the kind of thing you can see why. Let me do a quick TV rant yeah, for a fine. minute. Rant it. So uh, Fox this week canceled um, Last Man on Earth. Do you ever watch that show? <laughs> I used to. And then I just it got a little much for me. We watched it as a family every week. It was yeah, one of the few shows show. my daughter yeah. decided, I want to watch with you guys. Yeah. So we made it kind of a a, a weekly thing. <clears throat> and it ended a few weeks ago on a massive cliffhanger. Massive. Okay. Uh, the, all the uh, survivors suddenly look around themselves, and they're surrounded by other people. Oh, like boy. a huge yeah. cathartic moment. Can we, I have a spoiler then, alert for that? All right. Okay. Well, but Maybe no, I'll go Fox. Back. Okay. Fox then cancels the show. Oh, they canceled it after a cliffhanger? Wow. <laughs> Right. Now, sorry, I'm fleming up on you here. Mm -hmm. You know, at least when Netflix and HBO have a show, unless it is a complete disaster and nobody's watching it, whatever, they let the show finish. Yeah, They may rush it a little. They may say, hey, you got one more season. But then it comes to an end, right? Yep. Shows like Master of None can afford to do a single episode that doesn't move the narrative of the story for it at all. It's just a cool episode. Right. We I, honestly, after they canceled last man on earth, I said to myself, I am not watching network shows anymore. There's no, there's no point in investing yeah. time and attention 
when they can just pull the rug out for you. They don't have balls to be able to do really interesting shit. Has that ever happened where uh, there have been shows that have oh, been canceled over protests? Like, no, but look, with a cliffhanger, though? Like, I remember my yeah. so-called life was one where people, like, freaked out when they canceled it. But you remember there was that show where everybody fell asleep for seven seconds or something. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> no. but, you know, plane crashes, all this stuff. And yeah, they never they never the show ended after the first or second season, having never determined what happened. There was no there was nothing. Yeah. And so I'm not doing it anymore. I mean, I'm going to wait till a show <laughs> is either such a mega hit that, you know, they're never just going to end it mm-hmm. or, you know, it's going to be streamable. And forget it. I'm done. They lost me. I'm well, out. No, I mean, sport, sports, it's why sports contracts are so cherished, I guess, with the networks is that's all they got left. Because we need to, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. I mean, do you really want to stream, you know, a football game? Um, but other than that, they just don't have that much. They've run, they've run out of creative juice or something. They they have to also realize that when they make a commitment to, to I don't know fifteen shows at the beginning of the year, they have to either figure out a way that each season is its own entity, or they have to make longer term commitments because every you know they make such a big deal out of these fall previews and here's our our slate of new shows. Aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. I know three quarters of them are going to be gone mm-hmm. by the time I blink. And well, they, they owe you, damn it, for all that free television you've been watching all these years. Oh, yeah. It is sort of free. <laughs> Although, have you seen your cable bill lately? <laughs> that shit ain't free. <laughs> I'm thinking of unplugging. I, I, oh, my, you I know, know and I by the way, Chauncey yeah. just ripped it again. This is his third. <laughs> I, I can't do a podcast with him anymore. What? Seriously. Poor guy. Um, what are you feeding oh my him? God! <laughs> all right. We, we'll, you know what? will allow you to um, aerate the place. What is it called? Fumigate. Fumigate your your little studio there. Um, oh. While I hang in there, buddy. Well, I remind everyone, enemy lines can be found on iTunes. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. <laughs> you can do it, man. You can do it. Strength and honor. Uh, fear factor. And find us at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Hopefully, you'll hear our voices again. Milt? Milt! Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Hang in there. Enemy lines. Do you like old horror movies? Do you enjoy cheesy special effects? How about bad dialogue? Well, if this is your cup of green tea, then you need to hear my podcast. I'm John O'Neill, the host of Fright Night, which you can find on pod617.com the Boston Podcast Network. Get your popcorn ready, keep the nightlight on, and listen to Fright Night. All episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network.